I want to continue my sermon, and we'll probably conclude next week. And uh, I will also give you an opportunity before God to come out here and let God know what you will do with regards to his kingdom. What do you want to do? You may start one way, but if God is in it and God will be in it, you will never end that way because he brings you some, to a larger place. Amen? God is going to do that. Father, we ask that you speak to us today from your word and minister to our hearts and help us to understand that this thing is really bigger than every one of us. It's God. And we really need to be part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. God created every one of us in Christ. I know God created everyone in the world. But there is a special creation of God. That's God's own people. Born by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you have been born again, you are born of God's Spirit. You have God's DNA and you have a work to do for your Father. You are a part of the kingdom of God. You have a role in the kingdom. You have something to do in the kingdom of God. God is bringing people into his kingdom. But you just don't come into his kingdom just to be a part of it. You come into his kingdom to be a part of it and to serve. To get in the program. So important. Now, after Jesus rose from the dead, Matthew 28 from 18, uh, through 20, verse 18 through 20, Jesus announced. He said, he came and spoke to them. Which you and I saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe some things. No, teaching them to observe all things that I have commended you. So we have to know about his commandment. Not some of his commandment, but all of his commandments. He says, my responsibility is to show you his commandment and urge you to follow through with all of his commandments. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Not sometimes I will be with you as you teach them. And as they will be, I will continually be with them. Even to the end of the age, even to the end of your life, if Jesus doesn't return, he will always be there. Notice what is, how he started. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, I control all things. In heaven, I'm in charge. On the earth, I'm in charge. I decide what's going to happen in heaven and I decide what's going to happen on the earth in your life. I decided. All authority, not some authority, all authority has been given to me. I have it. Both in heaven and the earth. And then he said, now go. In other words, I have all the authority. And I'm now sending you in that same authority. You go for me. Now that authority will stay in your life only if you go. 
The authority, Jesus is saying, my authority is available to you if you go. Take it, both in heaven and on earth. Jesus said, whatever you plan on the earth, what, what will happen? Will be bound in heaven. You got authority, but you have to go and make disciples. That's the good works that God has called us to do. He's called you to do good works. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. What good? He lived doing ministry for three years. What good was he doing? He was walking the land and preaching to the people. That was the good works to bring them. That's the good works that God has given to you. Holiness comes from him. You can't be holy without him. Once you have received him, you are made righteous. You can't be more righteous than what he's made you. No one can be more righteous than the other person. The work to do is for you to go out and do good works, bringing people into his kingdom. That's the only job we have to do for him. Living for him is not just staying out of sin. Living for him is doing what he came to do. The Son of Man came to do what? To seek and to find those who were lost. That was his job. That's why he came from heaven. And he is saying, I can't be here to do it anymore in the flesh. You are in the flesh. Now go and my authority will go with you. I will be there with you. Now if you don't do what he tells you to do, Jesus made it clear. If a man loves me, he will keep my words. If a man truly loves me, he will keep my words. If he doesn't love me, he will listen to me. He's already said, go. Make disciples. Making disciples doesn't just mean going out and witnessing. He didn't say, go and witness. He said, go make disciples. And that's what the church is all about. To make disciples. There's a lot involved in making disciples. We have to have Sunday school classrooms and have teachers to teach them, I said, last week. We have to be out there inviting them to church and bringing them in. Somebody needs to pray with them. Somebody needs to counsel with them. Somebody needs to teach the children and bring them up. We have a work to do to make disciples for Christ. And Jesus said, if you go, my authority will be with you. I will be with you, not just sometime, but I will be with you always, even to the end of your life. If he tarries, that should bring you confidence. I don't know what's happening today. A lot of Christians, it's like all they want is a ticket to get into heaven. I just slide in. I made it. Oof, it was tough. That's not what Christianity is all about. If that's what you think, you don't have any understanding. And if that's what you're going after, you may never get in there. Because it's much bigger than that. You are born as a son to serve your heavenly father. He gave his blood. He died for these. So that they can be brought in. He doesn't have hands, physical hands and physical mouth to talk to them. He can't talk to them in their rooms. They'll be scared. But you can talk to them in their homes. 
and he's wanting you to do his job for him. But most Christians don't want to listen anymore. It seems like all they want is God take care of me and my family and, and, and make, let everything be good for me. But what about him? What about his own needs? God only has one need. Would you meet that need? You've been crying out to him to meet your need, but you don't care about his need. God has one need. He sent his son down to meet that one need. More children in his family. And you got the power to bring them in. Your words can transform them. Just a few words can transform them. Even written words, written notes can transform them. You can't say, I can't do it. God will not command you to do something that you can't do. It all amounts to willingness. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. Many want the good of the land, but they don't want to work for it. They don't want to, they are not willing, they are not obedient. Jesus said, if you make the kingdom of God, number one, seek ye first. The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that they are killing and robbing and shooting to get, cheating and doing all of that stuff. God said, I'll just pour them out upon your life. Now, when God says He's going to add something to your life, it's one thing for a businessman to think, talk about adding to your life. But when God uses His shovel to add some, He'll knock you over. That's the God we serve. God doesn't play games. He means business. But many Christians will not get into it. C.C. Luther, he, as a, a true Christian man of God, he was crying out in his soul. Because when you go out to, to, to meet with a king, and to visit with a king, or to be with a king, in that time, you have to take something. You remember when Jesus was born? There were wise men, kings, that came from the east to greet the Son of God. Where is he who was born, who was born king of the Jews? You remember? But they didn't, care, they didn't go there empty-handed. They went there with gifts to give to the king. You cannot visit a king without something to present to the king. Remember Queen of Sheba when she went to visit Solomon? Solomon was much richer than the queen of Sheba, but she brought gifts to give to the king. And this man understood the scriptures, C.C. Luther. He understood the scriptures and he started crying out to God. He says in this word here that of his song, he, this is a song here, as he cried out, he says, Must I go and empty-handed, thus my dear Redeemer meet. Not one day of service give him. I have never served him one day. You worship, but you never served him. There's a big difference. What we did this morning is worship. Serving him is teaching Sunday school. Reaching out to the children. Going out to the neighborhoods. Inviting them to church. You're doing what he can do. And what you can't do, he does for you. You can't meet your needs. You meet his needs because he's not here physically to do those things. You do it for him and he'll meet your needs. He will always be there with you. He says, must I go and empty-handed? Thus, my dear Redeemer, meet. 
One of these days, every one of us are going to stand before, every one of us will stand before the Lord of, of heaven, before the King. What would you have to present to him? Paul said, there's going to be giving me a crown. And he's going to, if you read in Revelation, they will present the crown before the king. They are given to present before him. And I've said, I don't, I'm glad my name doesn't start with P. Because I'm not going to be behind Paul when he takes his gift to present to the Lord. It'll make mine look so stupid. It's going to be terrible. I'm glad my name doesn't start with P. If your name starts with P, remember you got Peter and you got Paul. You are in real trouble. That's not going to be fun. He says, must I go and empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to greet him. Not a single soul with which to greet the master. If you read the life of Paul, how Paul was, I mean, in a particular scripture, I believe it was in Galatians, he was almost cursing out the people that were trying to get the Galatians out of the way. He said, if another man comes and preaches a gospel that's different from what you heard, let him be a curse. And even if I, Paul, turn around and preach another gospel to you, let the curse come upon me. This man was serious. He was serious business for Paul. And look at us. All we're trying to do is get into the kingdom. We don't realize that there's a work to be done. And that God is recording everything that you do in Christ. And there's going to be a day of reward where God is going to present to you, the Bible says that some works are going to be burnt. In other words, your status, when you get up there, would depend on what you've done for the Lord. And every work is going to be tried by fire. So there will be tears. You're thinking no tears in heaven. He will wipe away their tears. That's what he says in Revelation. He's not wiping away the tears of those that are in hell. He's wiping the, tear, the tears of those that are there because many will suffer loss. They didn't do the work with a good motive. And so they lose. But what if you get nothing to be tried? And God says, what do you have for us to try? <laughs> and you smile and say, nothing. And everybody's looking around. Boy, he came with nothing. I don't want to be that person. Amen? I want to be there happy to meet my master. I want to be there to hear Welcome, thou good and faithful servant. It's not the number, but whether you were really, really doing it faithfully as unto God. As unto God. You see, God is so serious about his business. So serious about this business of winning souls. He does things by himself. This last week or so with Michael here, Michael. Last week, Pastor Paul called from Nigeria. He was so excited. I need to share this because it's so important. He was so excited. He said, uh, I want to let you know, and that's the second time, I think the other time, Pastor Josh listened to him. He said that there was, a, there was a woman that had a stomach condition for many years. And he prayed with you. 
on television. And she's healed. And she's so excited. She called and was sharing with Paul. I prayed with that man on television. And I got healed. The, tro- the pain is gone. And I thought to myself, I didn't know that television program was over there going. While the woman was being healed, I was sleeping. He's not in us. Who is doing it? The Holy Spirit. And then I thought to myself, that prayer I recorded months ago while we were yet in that building. Months ago in that building. He said, take this shot. That shot is not good enough. Let's do it again. And then we'll take the shot again. And then we'll say, we think that's okay. Let's put that on the television program. How can that bring healing to anybody? If we are really involved. What I'm trying to convey to you is God is very into what's going on when it comes to winning of souls. He's seriously into it. Has nothing to do. All we have to do is to be obedient to Him. And God, let God lose. He'll bring them to Him. But He needs a vessel. And that was the recording we did without any anointing. I know you guys talk a lot about anointing. I didn't feel any anointing recording that. No anointing. All I was doing is recording something for, for them to show. But the Holy Spirit and God who wants people saved, He knows this is the time He's given me His five loaves. I'm going to take those five loaves, I'll bless it, and bring healing to this woman's life. That's what it's all about. We need to move out and start sharing the gospel with people. We need to do that. Let me share this with you. You cannot preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and suffer shame. Don't worry. (laughs) It's not the anointing, okay? (laughs) It's the weather, okay? (laughs) All right. (laughs) You cannot preach the gospel... And suffer shame. If you really want to invest in life, the best thing is invest in Jesus' gospel. I know a lot of people do investment. But some people invest and something happens with the economy and the investment is gone. Jesus said, don't store your treasure here. Amen? (laughs) Because when you need it, it may not be there. But when you store your treasure up there, When you need it here, you have it. That's what that scripture means. It's not like you put it over there. We're not buying and selling when we get to heaven, okay? This is where we need it, to pay bills. But you cannot preach the gospel and suffer shame. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, And also for the Gentiles. I am not ashamed. Can you say that with me? I am not ashamed. Paul knew what he got, what he had. There's no need to be ashamed. Because when you preach the gospel, God shows up. He said, Lo, I will be with you even to the end of the age. There's no way you can suffer shame. And God will make sure He takes care of you and your family. Troubles will come. Difficult times will come. But He'll be there for you if you are faithful to Him. He will never abandon you. 
and he will not allow you to suffer shame. You can read in Isaiah 54, God said, I will not allow you to suffer shame. When you follow God, he won't allow any of that. I'd like to share this scripture with you. It's so important in John chapter 15, verse 16. <coughs> Jesus speaking. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, <coughs> you did not choose me, but I chose you. You need to realize this. You, are not, you have to understand this. If you have come to Christ, that was God's favor in your life. It's an amazing thing. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my heavenly Father draws him. If you have come to Christ, God looked into the world and he said, I want that one. And that's me. I feel good. <laughs> I'm special. He didn't want some of the great men that we know on earth. He wanted me. This is special. That's why for me to be in the ministry doing God's work, I feel really special. I don't want to be a president. This is better than being a president. Because when we get up there, God's not going to be asking, hey, were you president? I was a minister of the gospel. I walked with Jesus. We did the job together. That's beautiful. God and me reaching out to people. That's amazing. May God give you understanding. How beautiful. When you walk with God, what devil is going to harass you? When God, <laughs> he let the devil have it every time. He tries to come against you. Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You did not choose me, Jesus said. I chose you. And I ordained you that you would go and bear fruit. Now if you read in John chapter 4, Jesus was saying that the sower, I mean the one who reaps, gathers fruit unto eternal life. The one who reaps gathers fruit unto eternal life. That's the fruit we are talking about now. Not the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is the, fruit, the Spirit's fruit, not your fruit. If you have the Spirit in your life, the fruit will be there. That's why Jesus said, by their fruit you shall know them. But when He ordains you, and he commands you to go and bear fruit. That's not sitting with the Holy Spirit. He's asking you to go out and bear fruit. And not only that, make sure they are discipled. Make sure they stay. Do all you can. That's why Paul was so insistent. He walked with the disciples day and night. Who has bewitched you, he said, that you moved away from what I taught you. This man, I mean, he withstood Peter when Peter was off because he wanted to protect those that God has brought to, him, to himself through his ministry. And he wouldn't even allow Peter to stand in the way. He said, I stood him up to the face and I let him have it for it because he was to be blamed. That's the way Paul was. 
bear fruit so that your fruit remain. And look at what Jesus said, that your prayers might be answered. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. So the answer to your prayers is tied to whether you are winning souls or not. Read the scriptures. Read the scriptures. You're wondering why God is not answering your prayers? All you want is your need met, but you don't care about his needs. And Jesus is telling us here, this was right before he went to the cross. This was serious business. He was teaching the disciples, beginning from from John chapter 13. He started teaching them all the way to John 17, where he had the high priestly prayer, before he went to the cross. This was the last things, the things that he really wanted them to know. Things he wanted to sink into their spirit. He says, you didn't choose me. I'm going to let you know that. You think you're smart and you're following me. No. I chose you. And I've commanded you to bear fruit. And if you want your needs met, if you want to pray to God so that God will truly answer your prayers, win souls. And work hard for them to stay. You wonder where... You know, these men who are out there winning souls and speaking on television, you wonder how, why they tell you God's going to do this and it's done and we're wondering what's going on. Because they're out there winning souls. And you think they're special? No. They got the revelation. They knew that winning soul is the number one job. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, he's not, he didn't say the Father may or sometimes, no, he'll give it to you. That's why I said to our church, our church is in business to win souls. This church will never have a day where we can pay our bills. I've been saying it. It's not going to ever happen. We will always be able to pay our bills. And I'm not going to call you and say, well, our church is having difficulties now, so you, can, you need to pay your time. If you don't want to, that's, your, that's between you and your God. But somebody's going to bring it in here. God will always meet our needs. Peter said this. In Mark 10, verse 28 and, uh, through 30. He said, Peter began to say to him, because Jesus said he was... It would be harder for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. And they were astonished. You know why they were astonished? If you were a poor man, okay, and Jesus said it's easier for a rich man to, to, uh, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. If you were poor, you say, well, I qualify then. But the disciples were not that poor. They knew they had something. And they said, who then can be saved? They said. And Jesus said, what's impossible with men is possible with God. They had something. And then Peter wanted to be sure. He, was, he wanted to be sure that this, he's going to be there. And so Peter started saying to Jesus, see, we have left all and followed you. Please Read this scripture carefully. 
Because sometimes we read and we just run through without thinking. You can get a principle to live by here based on the word of God and God cannot lie. This is what Jesus said. He said, Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, in other words, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the truth. There is no one. Please say the word no one. No one who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and what? The Gospels. No one, Jesus said, it, it can't happen. If you do this for my sake, and it's really for my sake and for the Gospels, he says in verse 30, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time, that's this very present world, that's what he meant. A hundredfold in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution because you're going to be misunderstood. People will say things about you and say bad things about you. When God starts prospering you and blessing you, they think you have a bad motive. He's just after my money and all of that and all of that kind of stuff. But notice what Jesus said. He's not against you having houses. But are you willing to give one house to get houses? That's the issue here. That's the point here. A lot of Christians, even paying their tithe is hard for them. But God has made it clear in His Word, He needs food in His house. I mean, we're not talking about tomatoes and all of that stuff in His house. He needs the money in His house to do business, God's business in the kingdom of God. We're going to cover. He takes gas to go to cover. Does it ever occur to you, I'm going to put something to that? It doesn't bother you because you don't care about his kingdom. I'm not talking to you. Those of them out there, that's what I'm talking to. But you can do that. If it comes out of your heart without anyone knowing, and you're saying, God, I want to do something. I'm going to help them. You watch what God's going to do for you. God, Jesus said, no one. No one. It can never happen. Jesus will never lie. If you set your heart to do just that, watch what God's going to do. You may start small, but he's going to get bigger and bigger. That's the way God is. That's what I meant. You can never serve God and suffer shame. You may struggle today paying your bills, but that doesn't bother you. Keep going on. A time will come, the bill is no issue because he's going to take care of that. Because he doesn't want anyone, anything bothering his servant. That's why the Bible says those who win souls are wise. It's wisdom to win souls. Because <laughs> God's going to take care of your needs. And you will never suffer shame. Whatever you ask the Father in the name of Jesus, He will give it to you. If you ask, if you actually go out and pursue after God. What are you willing to do? For me personally, I told the Lord, no matter how Lofty God gets me in life. I have to go out and share the gospel. 
This Saturday, I'll be out here. I'll walk the streets in covered. I don't like it very much in Houston because these days, when I came to the United States, it was real free in those days, in the early 80s. I can knock on people's doors and they will let me come in and let me sit with them in Georgia. And I'll speak to them. And I'll tell them, my name is Goodluck. They say, how did you get that kind of name? <laughs> and all of that. They said, change your name after I've spoken to them. We thought you were kind of uh, a crazy individual when you got in. But after we listened to you, we really enjoyed what you had to say. But your name is a problem. I refuse because the name gave me access to their room. They'll talk to me as soon as they hear hear the name. So I was in their room sharing with them. Sharing with them about the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's blessed. I didn't see too many people like I can point out to, but... The other day, Angel and I, we were in Georgia, and there was a, a young man who is now a pastor, an associate pastor in a church. They were telling me about me praying with him in a, a restaurant. I, can, I remember going to that place, but I, didn't, I couldn't remember who I prayed with. But now he's a minister. This thing is bigger than every one of us. If you partner with Bill Gates, Right? Your life's going to change, right? If you can be a partner with Bill Gates, before long, even if you were hurting, just telling people that you have access to Bill Gates will win you a lot of friends. (laughs) That's true. And things will change for you. What if you partner with him? Amen? What if you partner with him? And the things he wants to get done. Sometimes we think these are just words. Why don't you try it? Just try it and see what God will do. Commit your life to sharing the gospel. You may start small and see where God's going to take you. Spiritually, you'll grow because you become, and I will talk about that next week, you become God's friend and he'll be telling you things about the world and what's going on in the world, about the future, all of this. He doesn't tell everyone that. Only those who are walking with him and winning souls. I don't know how many times Jesus appeared before Paul. And we talked to Paul. Don't worry about it. I'm with you. You're going to Rome and I'll stay with you. You've got things to do. Don't worry about all the screaming they're doing. They're going to kill Paul. They won't touch you. You're going to Rome. And Paul knew. It's an amazing thing to walk with God. Amen. Today, I want you to make a commitment that you're going to share with your friend. 80% of Americans say, I'll go to church if somebody would just invite me. That makes me feel bad. I wish I was still in the uh, secular, uh, secular place where I work. I will invite every one of them. Please come. Some won't come, but some of them will. Some of them will, and their lives will be changed. Why don't you go out today and start planning in your head. I'm going to invite that person. I'm going to invite that person. I'm going to invite that person. And God's going to save them. Amen. Stand up with me this morning. In Mark 16. After Jesus has spoken to the disciples about witnessing. He says. They went everywhere, and the Lord was walking with them.
And he was confirming their words with signs following. He promised to be with them. But they went everywhere, preaching everywhere. And Jesus was with them. You're preaching, and there's Jesus right there with you. Everywhere you go, when you go to sleep, he's there with you. When you go out witnessing, he's there with you. When you tell somebody God's going to bless you, Jesus said when you go, bless the home. And just you speaking those words, he said the peace of God will come upon that home. But if they don't receive, that peace comes right back to you. You have so much authority you don't even know. We are not ordinary. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can give birth spiritually to those that are without. Why don't you make a commitment to God to do that today? Do something you haven't done before. Try it. Do something you haven't done before. If you haven't knocked on a door before, try it. You'll be scared, but like Josemiah said, do it scared. Still do it. And watch what God's going to do. Bow your heads with me. There may be some of you here this morning, you have not truly made a commitment to Christ. He has a world of discovery for you in Him. And you can get to start that today. I want to pray for you. I want God to touch your life. I know God answers my prayers. And I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray for you. If you are here and you don't know Christ, you have not really accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You cannot point to a time in your life when you actually uh, surrendered your life to, to God. And you want to do that today. I want to pray with you and I know God will answer. If that's you, why don't you put your hand up quickly and put it back down. Right now. Do that. Right now. Right now. If I'm saying correctly, then everyone here is saved. And if you are saved, God has the great commission in your laps. What have you been doing about it? What are you going to do about it? You're going to start this Saturday going with us to Calvert? Or you're going to say, I think it's going to rain. I'm not going to go. When would you start? Let's commit our lives to the Lord today. The same God who created you. Commit to Him. And say, God, if you will give me the strength, I am willing. Would you say that to the Lord today? God, I will go. I will go. I will go to them for you. God said to Isaiah, Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Can God count on you to touch your friend who is around you constantly and you know he doesn't know Christ? He talks to you. He tells you his problems. You know him well. Can you introduce him to your Lord? Or are you ashamed that you find out that you are a Christian? Satan will tell you this. If you let them know you're a Christian, then they'll watch you and they'll find your fault. Well, there's no one that's perfect. They know you're not. 
but they know there's something different about your life. And they see. They can't tell. Let them know why you're different. And they'll be drawn to the master. Lift your hands up this morning and make that commitment. We have a work to do. I believe this fall, the every seat in our fellowship is going to be taken. Can I hear an amen? Because we are working for our God. Every seat is going to be taken. I'm preparing myself for this fall as God will bring a great increase. But you will be ready to work with them. Can I hear an amen? You will be ready to work with them, to teach them, to show them the love of God. Father, thank you. We commit ourselves to you today, O oh God. Lord, we know that your Son gave all so that we have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus, you said in your word, in the day of your power, your people would be willing. Lord, we declare and believe that today is the day of your power. Make us willing. Help us not to be ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to dive in. It's a war of words. Satan is putting out his words to draw people to hell. But we have the word of life. The word that is spirit and life. Help us to deliver your words of life to these people who are dying by the power of your name. We commit ourselves to you. You said without you we can do nothing. Help us to do work. Amen. For those who want to make a strong commitment to God for evangelism, if that's you today, God has touched your heart with the message, I need you to come up here. Come up here and stand with me. I'm number one. I'm willing. I'm going to go. If that's you, come and stand here with me. You mean business and you want to reach out for God. I need you to come out here. And will allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we don't realize that God in heaven is watching what's going on. And a little step towards Him can make a difference in your life and in, in the kingdom of heaven. Let's humble ourselves before him. Remember what the scripture says. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. I want to work for my God. I don't know how long I have to be here, but I want to do everything I can for him while I have this life. I want to do everything whether people are pleased or not, no big deal. I want him to be pleased. That's important to me. And I'm very grateful to God for those of us standing here today. I pray one day every one of us will be standing. And maybe you're back there, but you're saying, I'm one of them. That's okay. But we need to humble ourselves before him. 
and let God begin to do a new work. Now, bow your heads with me this morning as we pray. Pastor Andy, please come over to provide the service. Lord, we stand before you tonight, this morning, and we say yes to your call. Lord, we feel the Holy Spirit tugging at our hearts. Lord, within our heart, we see the fields that are white and the harvest. There are souls that need you. They don't know you, Lord. And Lord, we commit ourselves this morning to your call. Lord, age has no barrier. Our wealth or lack of it has no barriers. Our status in life has no barriers when it comes to you. But Lord, we will reach out and we will minister. We will speak. As you fill our mouths, O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, and we will minister to the hearts and lives of people. I ask, Lord God, that you would just send us forth, Lord God, and you bring people across our pathways. Let there be God meetings, O oh God. People that are hungry, Lord, that's hungry for you, Lord Jesus, come across our pathways, Lord, that we can give them the truth. We can share the light of the Word with them today. Lord, I thank You today. I thank You for the Word that went forth. Lord, I thank You for the challenge to our hearts today. Thank You, Lord God. Thank You, Lord God. Lord, I love You this morning. I worship You. Come on. Everybody just raise their hands. Let's take a time of worship before we dismiss. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we love you. God, it's all about you. It's not about us. Lord, it's about your kingdom, oh God. It's not about things, for God, or materials, oh God. It's all about you. When it's souls. God, I worship you, Lord. God, I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray that you would be with us today. Lord, as we make our journeys home, thank you for your protection. God, I pray that you would just keep our, our cars, our homes safe from the waters of God. Lord, we look forward to the time that we can come again to be in your house. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Lord, I pray peace upon every home that's, that's here this morning, Lord. That the peace of God that passes all understanding, Lord, would just fill their homes and fill their lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Before we dismiss, if you have anything that you need prayer about, just come forward and the altar workers will be up here to to minister to you. But consider yourself dismissed.
And wasn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today?